This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. Here, Reggie describes the second step in the training of a bodhisattva, the practice of Vajrayana Maitri. He says that the way we heal our relationships with sentient beings is through healing the injured beings within us. This talk was given at the 2014 Winter Datun Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about the upcoming Winter Datun Retreat, please visit dharmaocean.org. So, step number two in, on the Mahayana path is, you could call it self-love, but isn't really self-love. Um, you could call it self-care, you could call it self-healing, but we have to understand that in a totally un-narcissistic way. It's not introverted, and it's not, you know, focusing on me, my ego, but our first task beyond the adult ego is all the, all the, um, all the egos in us, all the people in us that are in states of torment and rage and ignorance and starvation. They're all there. And they're not, they're not us, actually. They're not us. But they are aspects of the world that we are custodians of. So, you know, <clears throat> the reason I'm saying this is we might feel well, I want to help other people, and what am I doing paying attention to myself? You're not paying attention to yourself, first of all, because there is no self. And number two, because the selves you're paying attention to are not your adult self. These are selves that are in you going all the way back. So what happens is, in normal life, we, we get triggered and we get activated, and some primitive part of us comes up. The primitive part of feeling unloved the primitive part of being enraged because of how we've been violated and invaded by a parental figure. The part of ourselves that feels uh, despair because there's no one there. And these parts are alive right now. And they, um, they are currently motivating our behavior and the way we experience the world. So task number one on the Bodhisattva path, and I'm talking about the Bodhicitta practices that you are, by taking this vow you're agreeing to practice, is to begin to work with those parts of ourselves. And um, all kinds of things are going to come up, and all kinds of memories. And as I was saying, as I've been saying, you know, for the last week or so, we have to be stabilized in order to work with these experiences. And it's very important not to take them personally. 
and they are personal, you can see. They come out of the darkness, someone shows up, some, you know, uh, I'll tell you an experience, I don't know, I might have mentioned this Datan. Um, I was doing somatic descent a few weeks ago, and um, I was very upset about something that had happened. And, and, you know, normally we get upset and we get over it. Well, I didn't get over this one. This one, it was up and it was, it, it was like day after day. And I was in this very primitive state of mind where um, all of a sudden I didn't trust anybody and I didn't trust Caroline and I felt like... Um, you know, our relationship is over. You know how we can go into those incredibly dark places? There's no evidence for that. And that was why it was interesting, because with no evidence, all of a sudden it's up. And I knew something was cooking. So um, we have a little, in our house, we have a little room at the top of the house, this little meditation room. And um, I, I just went up there, and one day I just said, I'm not leaving until something happens with this. And so I did my somatic descent and then I sat up and I'm in my body and then I decided to lie down. And I locked the door because the this woman who cleans our house and uh, did I tell you this? Maybe I've already mentioned it, really? I locked the door, so I'm lying there on the floor and all of a sudden the door flies open. And this person, he was probably in his 50s, and he was kneeling at the top of the stairs. And his face was so dark and the suffering on his face was so unbelievable, was unbearable. But part of his suffering was he didn't understand. He didn't understand why it was this way and why he was in so much torment and pain. It's almost like a, a very little child who's beaten and the child doesn't understand. And he was like that even though he was this person and he looked at me and it was like, help me, help me. I'm so lost and it's so dark and I don't understand and I feel so much pain, help me. I was very shocked. I was very, very shocked. It's like, at first I wasn't sure if it was a real person or what. And at first I kind of um, didn't know what to do. I sort of pulled back. And then I realized the only thing I could do was invite him in. And I sort of knew it wasn't a real person, but I sort of didn't. And he was so, it was so horrible and so terrible what was on his face and so lost 
and so filled with despair, but there was this thing like, help me, help me. Like I was the last person on earth. This was the last chance. And so I pulled him in and I just hugged him. I hugged him and he started crying and crying and weeping and wailing. And I just held him for the longest time. And, you know, I don't know what happened, but after that, the this thing that had uh, gripped me for days was just gone. And I can't figure it out, and I'm not even going to try to. And I don't even know who he was, except I know he was part of me. That I have not been relating to all these years. So, it's heavy, what we're doing here. It's very heavy. But because of that, whatever happened, I'm now more available to Caroline and to other people. But the work is so heavy. It's so heavy. And can we do it? You know, are you up for it? But the payoff is so unbelievable in terms of freeing ourselves to actually love other people. But there's no way around it. We have to be willing to let all of the injured, primitive parts of ourself, we need to, to welcome them back, make room for I didn't even really welcome them because I didn't even know about this, but you know, when you have, when you're gripped by some kind of serious affect, you know, some kind of triggering or activation, you can count on it. There's a primitive part of yourself that's trying to come back and wants to be healed. And all this person wanted was to be held, to be seen, to be held, and to be allowed to express how he feels. That's all that is, is needed, but we have to make room for it. And the bodhicitta practices are how we do it. And the interesting point is, we're talking now about what we call Vajrana Maitri, which is the, it's part of the, um, this you know, group of practices that we do. Really, it's, it's the strangest thing, but the way you heal your relationships with others is by healing the world of beings within yourself that live there. And then you at one time or another, whatever the you is that you have been. And when we heal those parts and it's very close in, then everything changes. It's the strangest thing. So that's the key 
practice of the Bodhisattva is healing the unfinished children, the injured children, the injured beings within us. And again, we heal them by being willing to sense them and feel them and see them and receive them. When people are very deeply traumatized, what happens is they can't feel. They can't feel. The big step is when you, you know, in trauma work is when you come into the body, Peter Levine's work, you come into the body and you begin to feel what you actually feel. But what we're doing here is uh, much more radical because we are not just looking for the few core traumas that may be causing us problems, but we are looking to heal all of the um, the injured patterns that we have developed, the patterns of a response to overwhelming experience, all of them. And I know this for sure because uh, there are many uh, patterns in me that I just took for being me and they were actually fairly functional, but um, they have come up and they have... Uh, and I've seen how they get between me and other people. And the most amazing thing. So it's much more radical, it's much more thorough, but if we are serious about helping other people, this is what we're talking about and this is what we have to do. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion.